Pods, So So Scrutiny Podcast, and I'm your co-host, Robert Maine, and I got my other co-host over there, Corey Stocks. Hey, watch out for those warlocks. Nice. Very topical. I like that. Because today we are talking about cryptids, which I uh, didn't never even heard of that word before doing some research today. Corey, what are cryptids? So according to our little Wikipedia here, it says... Um, Cryptids are animals presumed by followers of the cryptozoology uh, pseudoscientific subculture to exist on the basis of anecdotal or other evidence considered insufficient by mainstream science. In other words, like made up creatures um, based <laughs> on pseudoscience. So AKA or folklore, I would say I would yeah. I would throw folklore in there. There you go. Uh, AKA like Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster. Uh, what else? I mean, aliens can be thrown in there. Like anything like that. That's kind of a monster and can be scary. And we have no idea, evidence, scientific wise. And uh, so we're gonna talk about uh, two, uh, well, four of them. We're gonna do two each, and I'm sure we're gonna maybe do another one of these because there's a lot of them. Yeah, uh, there are. Uh, a I'm lot of do, interesting ones. Yeah, it's it's fun to do some research. We're going to play some clips later, too. So I'm going to do the Mothman and the Kraken. And Corey's going to do, what are you going to do? Bigfoot and Wendigo. Wendigo. And I've never even heard of Wendigo. Oh, it's crazy. All, I pitch, all I'm picturing in my head for some reason is a Winnebago. And I know that's not correct. <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, maybe it is. Okay, we'll get there. Um, and then we're also gonna re- okay, we're gonna um, uh, <clears throat> review a couple things too as well. I'm gonna do uh, a mini series that I think uh, just popped up on Netflix called Waco about the story of the uh, Waco situation in Texas. And uh, and then Corey, what are you reviewing? I am reviewing Turnover's record altogether, which I'll get into when it came out, but I completely missed it. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. And so we started the, uh, the, the podcast with one of their songs and we'll play a couple others and uh, finish the podcast with their <clears throat> with another song. So you'll be able to get an idea of what Corey listened to because I have no idea. I'm excited to listen to listen to it. Um, Corey, what's up, man? What have you been up to? I have been kind of catching up on reading and I'm um, just watching TV and also getting ready to take my Google level two certification for education. So level that's up. interesting. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to level up to that. And then there's like, you can do certified trainer and then certified visionary or something like that, where you kind of start to come up with ideas for using it. And um, Dude, this is kind of, we should, should have talked about this last week when we were talking about cults. Cause this sounds kind of like a cult, Corey, what are you getting into? Cult of Google. Do you, pay, do you have to pay for this? Um, so you don't have to pay for the training, but the test is like, I had to pay 10 bucks for the first test and I passed it my first time. And then the, this one is 25. So it goes up a little bit. Damn. But once you get certified, you can like add it to like all your resumes and stuff like that. Nice. How long does it take? How long does it usually take you? So the, the test is well, like three... The- you said, okay, so you just, you're just about to start level two or you're in level two? I'm in the middle of like training for level two. Okay. So how long did level one take you? Like, like whole, in all would yeah. be like 13 hours training and then three hours for the test. So about 16 hours total. All right. And then this one's similar. Like there's the, it, it just depends on how it's kind of self-paced. What does so it cover? Can, 
it covers all the tools. So like Google level one was mainly focused on like Google docs, um, some Google sheet stuff, um, Google forms, I believe was on there. So it's like a test of how well you can use each of the tools. And then there's some multiple choice questions about like the implications for education. Like if Mr. X wants to, you know, do this type of project, what is the best way to do it? Um, and you kind of have to use your professional judgment because some of them are difficult, you know? Yeah. That sounds interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm kinda, maybe I'll look into doing that. I got nothing better to do. All I've been doing is watching. I think anybody can do it. Yeah. All I've been, I've been kind of doing the same, but with, you know, uh, directing and, and film stuff, I've been a um, little plug to, um, uh, 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 a director I work, I've, I've worked with many times and I'm a, a big fan of, uh, Brendan Dermer. He has this really fun show now weekly on Twitch through, uh, mad decent, which mad decent is like this, I don't know, production company group that does like Diplo and Dylan Francis and all those like EDM and it's comedy and it's, it's really fun. And, um, he does a live Twitch <clears throat> stream with uh, directors. So far he's done two with the same director, Mike Diva, who's another amazing director who I've never worked with, but I'd love to work with someday. And, but I think he's going to eventually use other directors, but all they do is for like an hour, watch music videos together and like comment over them and then just talk about it and figure out how they did it and how much money. And like, it's kind of just behind the scenes of how these directors think just as fans like me, you know? And, uh, so I've been doing a lot of that stuff like that, watching, watching people watch stuff and seeing their comments on it, I guess. That's, yeah. That's, that's big these days. Um, but yeah, just staying busy. I actually found, um, a behind the scenes making of the departed. My friend Daniel Feldman sent it to me and I'm really excited to watch that. I'm going to, we're going to wa- uh, watch that and then watch the departed and see, you know, it's going to get me itching back to set though, man. I'm cause it's all just Scorsese on set, you know, yeah. actors. Did you do. hear about that new, that Hollywood show that's coming out? I forget what it's called, but Dylan McDermott's oh, in it. Yeah. I can tell, I can do a real quick scrutiny scale for that. I, Did you watch it? <laughs> excuse me. Um, I watched, I think up to I'm like three episodes and I was expecting like this fun glamorized version of the making of Hollywood in a certain area era with sex drugs and, you know, quote unquote rock and roll back then. And it really is not that it's my, my grandma loves it. If that's a good yeah. way to show you um, it's, it references like directors and actors from back then. And, but it's not really on set very much. It's all about like this prostitution ring and I don't know, it's really over the top and it just wasn't my jam, but you know, your grandma will like it. You know, if your mom's a little bit older, she'll like it. You know, people that have come from that time that remember those movies and those actor actors and actresses, they'll, they'll enjoy it. That's cool. But yeah, it's not for us. It's not good. Don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> Because Liz and I were watching like trailers yesterday. That was one of them. And then we watched one for, oh, what was the other new thing? There was something else that was new that's coming out. I think like Netflix, Netflix. Yeah. That we were like, whoa, that looks good. I can't remember. Oh, look, Um, let's do a quick uh, unofficial sponsor before we get into our real scrutiny scales. I feel like we talk about these guys like every week, but. I mean, I have a whole box full of like 
beans that I bought from oh, here. Them, let me, so. I didn't show you this. Let me show you a little box. I found this really cool glass. I cleaned out the cupboard the other day. I found this really cool glass. Here, on this in my, uh, my background. I have this cracking thing in the background right now, but it kind of fucks with everything. Yeah. All right. Uh, there you go. A little glass holder. And you and put a bone at, sticker. When you get like their packs, they give you a sticker. Do you get a I sticker with that? I yeah, didn't get right. That when I got the pack. See, when the you heck? get the pack, you get a sticker. And uh, so I got the uh, world coffees. And so I got uh, Costa Rica, Colombia, Kenya, Mala, and Sumatra. How are and those? So they're all medium roast, other than the Sumatra. That's the only dark roast. Um, they're really, I mean, they're really good. I mean, it's better than Keurig, man. You guys, yeah, fuck Keurig anymore. I'm done, I'm done with that shit. Um, and it's just fun to do pour over. And I got this sweet new kettle now. I saw the kettle. That was cool. Right? It glows blue and you can see through it and stuff. And you uh, got that. So you can, or not the, that kettle, but then you have the cool, like the warmer, the coffee warmer. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Well, that was another thing we found cleaning out the cupboard is just like this fancy, I don't know, early 1900s type uh coffee tea warmer where you it's in this glass thing and then you put a little candle on the bottom and it kind of just keeps it warm and yeah that was fun it's, cool. it, it holds a lot of coffee too yeah so you can make like your you know as much coffee as you want and then just share it that's cool yep. yeah and it keeps it kind of warm um so yeah, out of all these right now, I'm drinking the uh, Kenya. I think that's my favorite and it smells, it smells like dirt to me, but it like, smells yeah. like good dirt, like farm and I For don't know. Sure. It, it smells really good, but they're, um, African blends are my favorite, like the Kenyan, especially because it's like you said, it's really earthy. Earthy. So like that, yeah, get, that was the word get, my aunt used to. I was like, yep, that's it. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. You get really good. Like earth flavors sometimes there's like a tomatoey flavor if you get in acidic and stuff like that i like i like it yeah but you know after having all these I, i'm missing like the flavored ones that i had with like the strawberry shortcake and all those so after i i might i might, I might have to order another one soon because i'm running out already but uh i think i might get that mint one that you had yeah and then i know they have i know they have a french vanilla one that i, I love french vanilla and, um, and then Nana wants, uh, I'm going to get two of the opposite. Nana wants a decaf. I'm sure they probably do. So I think they have one. Yeah. They probably do for the, the weirdos that like decaf. And then I'm going to get the highly voltage one. I want to see what that fucking does. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. So, bouncing but, off the walls. Bones coffee. Go check them out. And then they give me this little card in here too. That says, thank you. We hope you love your coffee. We'd love if you could take a few moments to review your experience. Well, that's what we're doing on our podcast. Yep. Check it out. Bones. Maybe you can sponsor us as always. Your happiness <laughs> is paramount to us. If you have any reason you're not satisfied with your order, Please do not hesitate to reach out. Okay, whatever. This is just a nice thank you. And it looks, it's free it looks nice. on the back. And then, yeah, on the back, it has a picture of all the, uh, well, not all of them. Oh, that's another one is the electric unicorn one, the fruity pebble. Subs. Yeah. Did you get the dude one? Yeah. Special one? How's that one? I haven't had the white Russian yet. I'm, right now I'm drinking the maple bacon yeah. and um, it's subtle because I haven't, put, I didn't put any cream or like anything in it. So just not, even, plain. not even, not even more maple syrup, Mm-mm. <laughs> but 
a little bit of sugar brings everything out. It just, to me, it tastes like, even though it doesn't say pancakes, it tastes like pancakes to me, like with the bacon and the maple. It just, but do you drink, drink it with anything like milk or anything at all? Not if anything, I just put like two ice cubes in it to cool it down and a little water it down a little bit. I don't know. I, it's faint for me, but yeah. So, um, yeah, Bones Coffee. And then, yeah, it says, get your next bag free. Text BC free to 63566. So check them out. A free bag? That's awesome. I'm going to do it. Yeah, because all, all I've been doing is the pack, the free, or not the, the the five pack. And they're not like the big, like the ones you have. Oops, sorry. It's a smaller version, but it's still a lot. Yeah, I do. I, I like those. The, the big um, daddy bag. Yeah, and I... I I got the five pack. I've had like the Cineholic one uh, or the cinnamon one or whatever. Cin- yeah, that's good. Cinnabon. Yeah, that's good. That one's good too. And yeah, all- Bones Coffee, small so businesses. Heck yeah. Strawberry shortcake was my favorite so far. Or cheesecake. Strawberry cheesecake? It's cheesecake or shortcake, whatever that one is. It's delicious. Yeah, I think uh. my favorite would have to be so far, probably the Cinnabon. It tastes like. Uh, Tastes a was, lot like uh, cereal, like the like the cinnamon toast crunch. Super good. A little little tr- insider trick for me is, I used to do this when I was a barista too. Was you do a little of your coffee, the ground coffee, and then just sprinkle a little bit of real cinnamon, and then put more ground coffee on top, like a little cinnamon sandwich, especially yeah. cinnamon. It just it's not necessarily going like you're not putting it in your cup and putting it in the grounds. So when the water seeps through it, it kind of takes a little bit more cinnamon in with it. Highly recommend that. Nice. All right, let's get into some scrutiny stuff. Uh, I watched Waco. So funny enough, when I was doing uh, research on this, I thought this was like a brand new series on Netflix. I had never heard of it, but apparently this came out in 2018. Didn't no idea <laughs> on the uh, Paramount Network, um, which. I had no idea what that was either. And doing <laughs> research that used to be, that is now, um, the, it used to be spike or is, Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that is now paramount. So, uh, RIP to spike. I love that network, but, uh, paramount, here you go. Um, Waco 2018 directed by drew Dow Dowdell and John Eric Dowdell. So I guess it looks like some brothers, um, didn't do some, I didn't do any research on them. I don't think they've done much other than this. Oh, they were uh, producers on a movie called Quarantine. That's funny. Oh, I remember that movie. Yeah. That was a good movie. I liked um, it. Yeah. So this stars uh, Michael Shannon as Gary Nasser, Taylor uh, Kitschich as David Koresh. And those are like the two main stars. We got some other people in there you might recognize from like smaller characters from movies and TV. But it's basically just the story of the... Um, uh, the Waco situation in Texas where David Koresh, she was a, the leader of the branch Davidians. And, um, I don't want to get, I want to spoil it too much. Cause I, I didn't know too much about this. It was, it, it happened in uh, 1993. So I was kind of a still a young lad, but I remember being on the news and being a thing. And, and then when it happened, it was like, Oh shit, that was really bad. And people died, but I didn't, didn't know much other than that. So I went in kind of cold, wanting to learn stuff. And, um, I think this is a pretty good representation of what happened because it's based on books by somebody that was inside it and somebody that was outside it. So it's, uh, from the, uh, the guy that, um, what's his name? 
Michael Shannon plays Gary Nasser. He was a, the uh, FBI negotiator. He wrote one of the books. And then the other guy is David Thib- uh, Thibodeau. And that's played by Rory Culkin, your Culkin brother boys over there, Corey. Nice. Yeah. He did a great job. He was, uh, those Culkin boys are pretty talented over there. Yeah, they are. And so it's, but he, you know, he's playing a real person. So it's a, it, but then the whole story is based on both of those books. So it goes back and forth from inside and outside is, you know, who, what the, the FBI ATF are thinking as well as they've crashed and everyone's side. And, um, it's funny that you bring that up. Cause last week we were talking about like cults and like the branch Davidians came, came up. And yeah. That was, and that, that was, was one of the reasons I wanted to watch it. Cause it was, it was already on my list, but I had to get through hell on wheels too. And that took a long time. This is only one season, obviously. Cause it's yeah. <laughs> not making a season two. If you don't know what the ending of this uh, tragic event is, but yeah, there's no season like a limited series. Huh? Yeah. It's uh how many episodes do, do six episodes. So it's, oh, nice. You can get through it pretty quick. Um, but it's, I won't spoil it too much if you don't know the story, but just a heads up. It's, it's a bummer. You don't feel good at the end. It's not like everyone <laughs> feels good. So don't go in thinking, Oh, you know, I'm going to feel good after this. No, it's just a learning. It's just learn about this. And it's interesting. And then it's, it, it's, it's, <clears throat> especially up to the first episode, at least the first episode, they bounce around with timelines a lot. And then by like, episode two, three, then it's just a constant timeline. It's just basically real time. But the first episode, I don't know if it does bleed in the second episode, but it eventually catches up to their reality. And it's not really, it's really pointless to go back in time, but it's, it shows leading up to the Waco event of, of both sides, what the, the church has been doing up to this. And then also what the ATF and FBI have been up to this. And that's a big part is what the ATF was doing before this. I'm not a big fan of ATF after watching this. They can go fuck themselves. Uh, <laughs> I don't care if they're listening to the podcast. Um, <laughs> ATF, go watch this series and tell me you're not assholes. Um, but I mean, the Branch Davidians, they were, I mean, it seemed like good people. It was all peace and love and just a lot of Bible stuff, but they're also really grounded in their ways and yeah. realized the reality of what they were doing and they didn't and they paid the price. So um, if you want to watch it, if you don't know anything about it, I maybe watch it. I did a scrutiny scale. Um, I gave it a 64 and that's about what it is. It's not, I mean, I gave it high rankings on like emotional impact and like the writing, but the look really wasn't that good. Um, The music really wasn't that good that they like play music in the church. And it's just like, they, they gave, you can clearly see if you're a musician, you can, you, you, you recognize when other people pick up instruments and don't and realize and you're it. faking it. Yeah. You just, Oh yeah. They're faking it. Like right away. You just know, like, especially like with baseball people, you recognize when people have never thrown a baseball or like swung a bat before. It's like, but then when you, when you see someone that you wouldn't expect plays baseball, picks up a bat and like swings, it, it's like, Oh, they've, they've played some innings, you know? So that was one thing. It was really, it was really distracting their their music stuff um yeah but enough of that it's it's waco it's a it's it's a story so if you want to go learn there you go waco good stuff 64 i've I've been interested because i've seen a lot of people posting about it and 
talking about how good it is. Yeah. And I thought it was a Netflix series going up to this and I still did until I did some research and I was like, wait, 2018, it's been out for this like two years. What the fuck? Yeah. So there you go. I had no idea. Well, that's good. Um, I, I reviewed an album. Um, Turnover is one of, I, I love this band. They're one of the more unique bands that I get to listen to, but they're, um, they're kind of like, surfy like bedroom rock sort of music just really bedroom soft rock. yeah bedroom how you, rock how do you describe i've never heard of that what is bedroom, bedroom rock is, is no i'm just kidding um bedroom rock is like soft rock like kind of like poppy sort of um like you're kind of emo, ethereal you're emo, but you're like cleaning your room and you want to do a little dance party but also be in cleaning mode but you want yeah some, you want some depressing music but also it's got some pep in it is that bedroom rock yeah yeah that's about it and like it's got kind of a dreamy <laughs> quality um yeah one of the things i hear is it's shoegaze rock like it's like you look down at your shoes, you know. <laughs> oh, like the like, South, like the South Park kids. Like, yeah, kids. yeah. It's very, very like almost like <laughs> I, I could almost say like happy goth, like dreamy goth. I guess. Gotcha. All right. It's it's, it's very gothic setting. Okay. Um, it came out November first, which I missed. I'm like, what? How did I miss this record? I love Turnover, but yeah, you've you definitely talked about them to me a lot for sure. Yeah, um, it's it was produced by Will Yip. If you don't know Will Yip, he did like Title Fight, Citizen. Um, he's also <laughs> okay. done Circus he Survive. He does all those bands. Okay. Yeah, trippy rock kind yeah. of stuff. It's like um, this. It's like this. I mean, I like this new bedroom rock. I'm gonna steal that because to me, it was just like this new wave of like emo pop punk like they're obviously all those bands are obviously like fans of like newfound glory and yeah maybe for you strong but like i want to be sad at the same time so let's let's turn the distortion down but you know, <laughs> like I don't know, that's, that's the vibe i get not to say it's bad like it's it's chill like a lot of these bands are, are fun to watch too live they're really good live yeah these um don't maybe represent them as much as they as they do live but yeah like balance and composure is another one that's really good yeah kind of like the the heat will yep did balance and composure too okay there you go but um it's almost like they picked up a surfboard and like went surfing one day and was like i want to i want to write surf rock but like pop punky (laughs) it's kind of funny yeah um It's it's really good quality. Will Yip does really good work. Um, I've always really liked Title Fight, and that led me into kind of starting to listen to some of the other bands like uh, you know Citizen, and then eventually Turnover. Um, the ambiance is really cool on this record. If you're like just wanting to like kind of chill out, it's a great record to listen to. And the interesting thing is that through their records, I've kind of seen different themes. Like this one is very 80s inspired there's like saxophone in it which every band is doing right now but like it's got like an 80s vibe like undertone to it which i really liked um i think 80s music is super catchy the album cover even looks 80s it's all like purple um every band is doing the purple cover thing too right now yeah silver Uh, yeah yeah uh, they, I think they accomplished kind of like what they wanted to do. They, they, I think they set out to make as eighties of a record that 
turnover could make and they did it pretty well um the guitar is pretty simplistic there's nothing like super crazy it's just like kind of meandering guitar riffing and stuff not like riffing but kind of just climbing up the scale and like you know uh, kind of i guess diddling on the guitar it doesn't sound like super shreddy or anything um the vocals are cool but it's very monotonous and that's style of that music is very like monotonous and like kind of relaxing i guess when you think of like these types of vocals it's not meant to get you like jumping up and down and running around and hitting people it's you know written to like relax you um but you can also snap your fingers to it right yeah yeah Okay. The thing I really liked on this record was the bass. Like the bass was really cool. Um, he th- that bassist really got to show off kind of some of like his skill. So you'll hear some cool little bass riffs in there. And then um, the drums are simple, just you know, kind of surfy sounding drum beats and stuff like that. Um, and then the other instruments like saxophone and stuff I thought were cool additions. But, um, you know, every band's doing this like 80s kind of revival type thing. It's kind of a nostalgia thing, I guess. Um, and although I love that, it's, you know, it's starting to wear out because it's like everybody. <laughs> I blame doing... Stranger Things. It's all Stranger I know. Things. Well, it is. Um, next, ne- the next wave is 90s. It's coming. Y- yep. And people will be watching Nickelodeon and be like, dude, I want to write some really zany music that makes no sense. <laughs> and then, like, B-53s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, talk about zany music that doesn't make sense. I like the B-52s. B-52s. I, my mom and I used to rock out to the B-52s. I do too. They're just zany for sure. Um, they know what they are. It's not like they're trying to be like the, a, a serious band, you know, but yeah. they play, but the music they do make is like kind of interesting and kind of well, they're, complex. They're like, I would say the Aquabats are like kind of like today's. Oh, yeah, those are weirdos. B-52s. <laughs> yeah, but they don't, the B-52s don't live in B-52 land and are in character 24-7. I'm sure like offstage they're kind of semi-normal yeah absolutely aquabat guys like they're in character all the time where, where are they from they're from some weird land right some Aquafania uh, or something something like that but yeah. i like i like b52s they're cool yeah um <laughs> but i think i think if you're gonna listen to turnover don't go into it thinking like i'm gonna listen to this like intense rock record with like all this kind of complexity and stuff to it it's just like soothing and you know ambient and it's good the score i gave it was a 79 on the screen yeah it's a a good record um i don't think it's their best i like their middle record like simple nature i think is what it's called a lot um but this one's really good too um so if you have the chance they're called turnover um, and the record's called All Together. Good one. Boom. I like it. I'll check. Well, I'm definitely checking it out because I got to put music on this thing. So I'll yeah. be listening to it later. Uh, let's get into our crypt, cryptids. God, it's, it's, it's a weird word. I've never seen it. Cryptozoological discussion. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what does that word mean? Cryptozoological. Uh, it's yeah, just like that's, that's that covers pseudoscience and subculture. Like that's. Yeah. 
that's also we could also name the pod, the episode that too because it covers the folklore of like Bigfoot and the Chupacabra, and so yeah, let's. I'm looking at the the list, and yeah, there's. Let's go. Um, let's just get into it. We're gonna name yeah, some. We're gonna sure. do some more of these episodes. I want to do some more research on these crazy creatures and stuff. Um, yeah, these and <clears throat> just to like kind of like even segue into this, like a lot of what we scrutinize is like looking closer at a lot of things that most people are like, we kind of have a surface level knowledge of, but we were like, let's dive in. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. kind of what the podcast is all about. And I enjoy doing these things. It exactly. Really does um, inform. It really is. Yeah. Cause uh, like, like last, last week with cults, you know, talking with you and Liz, it was, the common theme was like a lot of people who were lonely and didn't have dads and it was almost like gang mentality. And yeah. I think with, uh, uh, these creatures, we're going to have find some common things of, you know, f- before the internet, before phones, like people just had to come up with stories to, to tell what they were seeing. Yeah. And it could have just been a real creature that they just never seen before. And they thought it was a, a, a monster, but it just came out to be, you know, a big bird or something. Yeah. So, which leads me into mine. I'm going to start off with Mothman. Um, you, do you know about the Mothman at all? Um, I know that there's a movie called like the Mothman prophecies that there you I go. watched. Richard Garrett, yes. I was going to mention <laughs> that. Uh, Moth- yeah. So when that movie came out in 2002, I was just about getting out of junior high, going to high school. And then, um, I read the book, which was from, from like based on uh, the movies, like based on the book. And then the books based on these 1960 accounts. Um, and the book was 1975. Yeah. Um, by Gary Barker. Um, so uh, I'm going to, we're going to play some clips in here too. And I, I have one that's, it's basically, so there's this new, uh, documentary coming out called the Mothman legacy, uh, about the West Virginia Hills. It's coming out in 2020. I couldn't find a link or anything, but that's, that's the title on YouTube. And, uh, I'm going to play, I'll, I'll, I'll put in the uh, trailer, um, because it plays some people's accounts and doing some research, I heard a lot of like 1960s reports and, you know, crackly radio interviews and stuff. But this one is like recent people that have accorded, like quote unquote, have seen this Mothman. And basically how it started was, um, so in like 1960s in uh, West Virginia, around the uh, Point Pleasant area, um, there was, uh, one account where, where is it at? There it is. There was like two accounts. The first, the first one was a couple and they saw some kind of large gray creature and it had glowing red eyes. And then, uh, like a few days later, there was a people in a, uh, cemetery and they saw something too. And people were putting it together and stuff. And, and this thing's also been like linked with UFOs and stuff like that. But looking into some research, I mean, spoiler alert, there are like these really giant birds that live out there and, um, were, weren't native to that area. I'm trying to find the name of them. They got some crazy name. Um, so the, sorry, the, um, with the Mothman was the Mothman, like kind of thought to be like a bad omen and stuff like that. I I remember that being the thing. Like, yes, I was getting into that. Um, so all these accounts happened. And then a few days later or months, I'm not sure a big bridge fell down and like a lot of people died and it was a big tragic thing. And people were like, 
wait, hold on, hold on a second. There was that mouth man thing the other day. Could this be connected? And right away there goes, you know, there's the urban legend uh, from then on. Um, even, in, even in Point Ple- Pleasant, West Virginia, they have a statue of the Mothman, like in the middle of the city. And it's, it's kind of beautiful, but kind of creepy at the same time. It's got kind of these like huge butterfly wings, but it's got like this weird insect kind of face with a man's body. And uh, the movie's not great. The uh, Mothman Prophecies with Richard Gere. It's not, it's, it's not great. It's basically like a, 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 a newer version where it's come back and it's like hurt his wife. And now he's got to go investigate the Mothman. And it's, it's and weird. Fight the Mothman. <laughs> I forget find, the movie. I find. I don't know if they fight. But <laughs> I remember watching it, but I don't remember how it ends. But I remember it not being good. Um, so here, let me just play the uh, that clip real quick. I'll, I'll, pu- I'll put it in right here. As I laid on the mattress, I, I dozed off. I immediately started feeling like I was dreaming. I had a dream that my son, my eight-year-old son, was standing beside my bed. I remember in the dream asking him why he was there, who brought him there, and how to get there. And I guess I had enough consciousness to know he shouldn't be there. So I immediately woke up, and when I did, there was this figure standing beside the bed had long arms, skinny like fingers, skinny arms, wings above its shoulders, and its face, I could see dark, large circles where its its eyes would be. in the evening we're coming around the first curve and the first curve will be near near graveyard actually and as we come around the curve we slowed down and the headlights hit something in the road what they hit was a, a form and for a split second i thought oh it's a large bird in the middle of the road it's kind of stands up a little bit with just one movement it shot straight up When it got to that part of the house and went up over the house, you actually could hear it. I stood up, turned around to the back window of the bedroom, and you could see the shadow of whatever this was flying over the field to the back of the house. So, yeah, that's the Mothman. Um, Kind of unspoken lore of kind of more the East Coast. It's not, you know, I don't think a lot of West Coast people might not know about the uh, the Mothman. The East Coast seems to have... And from the research I was doing, seems to have a few flying creatures like Jersey Devil. Yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. That. I, that name definitely came up a, a, a couple times while I was doing this research. Kind of like could be related to you know brother and sister of the Mothman. Like, so, is there any like other creepy stories you encountered of like the the Mothman? Uh, well, other than you're gonna well on the teaser, you're gonna hear a few recent people that have talked about it. Um, nice. But then it kind of went not silent, but wasn't as much like all that bridge stuff happened. And then a few things here and there. And then, the, and then the book was written and then that's when like the, the folklore really started to come back and then they made the movie. And then, so that's, yeah, that's kind of the story of the Mothman's, but he's apparently still out there. So watch out for this Mothman legacy documentary. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see. The mo- and then if you, if you haven't seen, if uh, you should uh, Google the statue that's sitting. Oh yeah, I did. It's the pretty gold sick. with the wings. It's even got like some chest hair, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's got a six pack, man. He's working out better than I am. 
Uh, but yeah, all that anyways. flying, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he puts <laughs> a workout constant in. cardio. <laughs> trying to kill people and yeah <laughs> so the mothman all right so what do you got okay so um let's fly over to the you know back to the west coast <laughs> and northwest you know i'm not yeah. trying to be punny with the flying back because you know <laughs> mothman you can't come with us but um bigfoot has always been something i've been fascinated with because i would watch all these weird documentaries and like the really fuzzy footage of you know, some big ape-like thing walking through the forest. And then looking back, there's that famous um, clip yeah, where it's got a name to it turns it. around. Yeah. Um, but I, I, in my research, I found a little bit deeper lore. Um, it's pretty, the Bigfoot's pretty, like it's, it's origins vary based on kind of the, um, the culture but it's it's also known as a Sasquatch, um, and it will usually develop in or develop dwell in like forest regions, um, mostly in the Pacific Northwest, which it would be like Oregon, Washington, um, in the woods out there. So kind of, kind of related to the Yeti, like we were talking with the New Jersey and uh, Mothman. Yeah, it is right. related to the Yeti. Um, the Yeti might even be kind of like. Um, especially with, uh, in, in Nepal and stuff like that, they, they do have the folklore of like the Yeti and stuff like that up on the mountain. So like, it's kind of, again, another variety of Bigfoot. Um, it's, yeah, I think one common thing we can say with these things is, uh, like with the Bigfoot, it's one, it's an example. Cause that's a top 10, like Bigfoot's like one of the best, like classic hall of fame, cryptides, whatever yeah. cryptids. Um, and you can see that even though it's like a known in the Northwest of America, you know, yeah. Nepal has like their version and, yeah. and some other countries have like their version of the Bigfoot. And it's, it's funny that all these different societies, even though they've been so far away through history, they have this common beast that they all write about. Um, yeah. and, and also real quick, the, uh, the footage I was talking about was the Patterson Gimlin footage. That's like the famous look behind. Yeah, maybe we could throw that in. Um, well, there's no audio. It's just or like I can throw like, it as a little clip. I'm sure there's like a GIF or something. There you go. Um, yeah, there you go. Now you're thinking modern. There you go. But the um, the video I watched, the little um, clip from National Geographic that I watched, which we'll put in a minute. Um, yeah. We uh, it depicts it kind of discussed Bigfoot being this like kind of missing link between humans and apes kind of when, when people would see it, maybe it wasn't so much like this monster they were seeing, but it, it could have been like a big, large, you know, hominid type animal. Um, just because of its, the way it's described, it almost seems like that missing link. That's what, if you, there's a movie called like, the missing link or something. It's yeah. It's a, like an animated was, movie, right? Yeah. Animated movie. And I think that's, that, I think that's, is that about Bigfoot or is it about Yetis? I think it's about Bigfoot. Cause he's oh. brown, like brownish. Oh, that's true. Bigfoot's like considered to be brown. I think there's, like, I think there's also no, an animated abominable. one. See, is that what it's called? Yeah. That one. The same thing, but with the, with the Yeti. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, so I guess we get, let's <laughs> drop the your, video oh, here. The, here we go. Drop the video. Here. Yeah. Believers in Bigfoot say he's a massive creature. Half man, half ape, 
that roams the western United States and Canada. A lot of discussion has surrounded the question of the nature of Sasquatch. Dr. Jeff Meldrum is the world's leading expert on Bigfoot. He looks to early men and other primates for clues. Is it a, an ape, a cousin of a gorilla, chimpanzee, or orang? Another great ape, a fifth great ape? Or is it, in fact, a, a more near-human relative, a hominid, or a hominin, uh, as the current terminology um, is applied? Scientists haven't been able to determine the nature of Sasquatch because they've never found conclusive proof of his existence. And many ask an even more basic question. If Bigfoot does exist, where are the bodies or bones? Thousands of archaeological sites have been excavated in North America, and never once have they found a bone that resembles anything like has been described for Sasquatch. For anthropologist Herb Mashner, that presents a problem. But Meldrum believes he knows why no bones have been found. A comparison can be made to uh, the survival of chimpanzee remains. In fact, published studies have documented between the action of scavengers and the very acidic soils in these wet tropical forests, uh, bones just did not survive for very long. It's a point that even Mashner concedes. It is very difficult to find bones, and primarily because forest environments don't preserve them very well. Without such evidence, scientists like Dr. Meldrum must fall back upon other clues, like footprints. Meldrum has gathered what's likely the world's largest collection of purported Bigfoot footprint casts. They capture the most iconic feature of this fabled creature, his big feet. I have in my laboratory now about 200 examples that span some four to five decades now. An anthropologist by training, Dr. Meldrum specializes in primate locomotion and the evolution of bipedalism, the changes that caused early man to stand upright while apes still walked on all fours. Here's a good example of a, quote, typical Sasquatch print that, that exhibits uh, many of those features that seem to characterize this, uh, this anatomy. Meldrum has reverse engineered the supposed foot of Bigfoot from hundreds of prints, gathered over a half century from all over North America. According to Meldrum, the foot would be flat, closely resembling that of a non-human primate. The foot would have a hinge-like flexibility along the mid-tarsal joint, forcing the foot into a flatter step with an elongated heel. A human foot, on the other hand, has a characteristic longitudinal arch along the mid-tarsal joint. This structure reduces the range of motion in the human foot. But the big foot seems to lack the arch, allowing for greater flexibility along uneven and rugged surfaces. The point is, all of those, those features taken in total create a very elegant adaptation for an animal that is navigating through steep, broken terrain. The type of terrain that humans have the greatest difficulty getting around on. But some skeptics question whether the prints are really Bigfoots at all. 
could they be the fancy footwork of clever hoaxers? One of the most notable was a man named Ray Wallace, who allegedly stamped out hundreds of fake footprints in the remote wilderness using carved wooden feet. Some say it was the wood that made the prints appear to be so flat. But Meldrum disagrees. The bottom line is simply that the creation of a convincing footprint from such a crude device isn't such an easy undertaking as some would have us believe. The resulting footprint from this device simply wouldn't fool anyone. He cites the vast number of prints that have been found all over the continent over several decades, many of which share anatomical similarities, including evidence of the mid-tarsal break. But others argue that many Bigfoot tracks have significant differences, including prints with only four or as many as six toes. And because of this, the debate continues. And that's Bigfoot. Um, as I said, like the link between humans and apes seems to be kind of like a common theme that a lot of cryptozoologists talk about and professors. But you, most of your research you did from the Abominable and the uh, Bigfoot movies, right? Littlefoot or what is it? Missing Link? Missing yeah, link like that type of... That's, that's, um, that's more accurate than National Geographic or Discovery Channel, right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously. I mean, they put millions into that production. It must be true. <laughs> so if you really want the scoop on the real Bigfoot, then just watch like the Missing Link or Abominable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but don't listen to the professors. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. No. Um, it is thought to be related to what was called the wild man, um, which was a mythical being that was portrayed in like medieval European literature, which I love medieval European literature. And that's kind of where it, it kind of was thought to start was the wild man, the big giant, um, you think about game of Thrones. If you've seen it, there's like the <laughs> wild men, they're like big, dudes um there is like, like, is that like is that the mountain yeah uh, yeah kind of like sort of like that um i never watched the show i watched the first season yeah but that, but, guy, dude, uh, that guy's a fucking he's a real monster in real life that guy yeah he's huge. he's giant yeah um but they're said to be around six to nine feet tall and wow. walks on two legs covered in fur so you know, maybe you'll see my dad walking out in the wood. That's not Bigfoot. I'm just kidding. That was a dad joke right there. <laughs> yeah, um, I was thinking about it, but I was like, I can't do the six, the six foot, nine foot. I can't relate to that at all. But yeah, you know, I, I walk on two feet and I'm covered in hair. Like, <laughs> maybe people are confusing, like confusing it with their buddy. Like, Hey, Hey, look, it's Joe. Like I, I, I grew up with some friggin' hairy guys in high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the footprints uh, that people have found um, have been like 24 inches long and then like eight inches wide. Wow. And they're sometimes described as having claws, which led scientists um, to believe that they were seeing bear tracks. So uh, yeah, like big bears, because some bears can like, they do get up on their, you know, hind legs and walk a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that could be it. But across all cultures, there are giant ape-like creatures, like we talked about, like the Yeti, Sasquatch, you know, Bigfoot. Um, an interesting rendition I found was called by the Lummi, which is a Native American people in like the northwest of Washington. And they call Bigfoot, I cannot pronounce this, but Semiquis. I think it's Semiquis, among other names. 
1847, there was a guy named Paul Kane that the tribe spoke, uh, that, that, that he spoke with them. He spoke with this tribe and they told him of this style of Bigfoot called a skookum. And it was a race of wild men who were cannibalistic. So they would carry people off into the forest and eat them. Dude. Have you ever seen the 13th warrior? I have not. Dude, that's the Is plot. Is there cocoons in it? <laughs> it's that's kind of the plot of the Thirteenth Warrior. I highly like recommend that movie. The only downside is Antonio Banderas plays a Middle Eastern like prince, and it, that's the only thing that's that's faulty about the whole movie. But I love now, that wait, movie. Thirteenth Warrior is about like Bigfoot. No, but it's about like these creatures that leave in, live in the hills and like come oh, and grab villagers and they're, they're meant to have like this fire beast and it's the very same kind of thing. Uh, anyway, that's sorry. interesting. Now I want to watch the 13th warrior. Fuck. I want to watch that. Movie yeah. yeah check that out. That's good. But, but anyway, like some people can like, well, some cultures will talk about it being like cannibalistic and like, you know, um, yeah, it's kind of like a, like an evil a um, malevolent creature, but a lot of times pop culture, especially in like America has uh, kind of has this adoration for Bigfoot as an icon. And um, there's like tourist attractions, merchandise, and many, many hoaxes that try to prove the existence of Bigfoot. <laughs> um, but it, it's just kind of a fun pop culture thing now. And some of the movies that include it, um, I watched one called the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot, um, Sam, Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott. Um, is that any good? I remember that coming out. I, okay. So I did a, like a scrutiny scale for it, but I won't go all the way through it. Yeah. Um, but I gave it a 73%. Uh, that's not bad. Um, it wasn't great. I don't know why it got such a high score. Um, oh, you'd give it I, like lower. Yeah, lower? I would give it in like the sixties or fifties. It just like okay. Sam Elliott's great in it, and yeah. like he's just a great actor. But like the concept of what it was about could have been so much better. So it's about this guy, and there's some spoilers here, so just uh, be aware. But I'm guess. Oh, no, no. Let me let me guess. It shows him as like a young man in World War II, and they cover up that he actually killed Hitler, and then they fast forward to him when he's an old man, and now he's hunting in the old woods, and he finds Bigfoot and kills it. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can you, you oh, get it does, from the title. <laughs> yeah, it does I've flashback. <laughs> yeah, it does flashback. Um, when, I was kind of confused because he like this FBI agent comes to um talk to him and he says uh he says uh like we know that you you know he kind of hints at it like we know what you did during world war ii and we're all so thankful and stuff and they never really say hitler mm -hmm. but like they insinuate it and then it has a scene where he shoots a, a guy that looks like hitler in the head but then he mentions something like well that's not the real Hitler like I didn't actually kill him and stuff and I'm like so are you insinuating that there were like like body doubles or what what's going on here like because I was confused by that I was that like was so a, are that you... was a thing though he did yeah have, he did have like not uh, so, yeah, body doubles yeah yeah so I'm I'm thinking that that's what they were going for but anyway they did yeah. that and then in the FBI agents like okay so now we need your help again <laughs> we need you to go into the woods and track 
Bigfoot, but this time Bigfoot has a virus akin to the bird flu oh, that is killing all the wildlife and <laughs> like, you know, the killing off all the wildlife. So Bigfoot isn't dangerous in that. Like he's this ferocious monster, but dude, Bigfoot has coronavirus <laughs> and he's getting people sick and That's he's getting animals twist. sick and they're dying. It's not really coronavirus, but it's like a bird flu. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the whole thing. They need him to go kill Bigfoot before he decimates populations with his illness. That's pretty good. And it, so there's barely any Bigfoot in it. It keeps doing these like flashbacks back to like him and his wife and how he lost his wife and all the tragedy. But like, it doesn't give me enough Bigfoot, you know? Yeah. The foot was not big enough. <laughs> The nice. shoe did not fit on this movie. Oh, okay, I'm done. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to think of a pun with Sasquatch. Sorry, I was, I was, I was, I was trying, but I couldn't think of anything. Uh, things did get hairy, though. There you go. <laughs> anyway. Well, um, I, won't, I won't watch it. I, got, I pretty much got it from the trailer yeah, you just said. So. It's, it's not <laughs> it's, great. It sounds like, fun, it sounds like a fun concept, though. Yeah, if you have nothing to do one day, just throw it on. Um, and then the other movie that I mentioned Bigfoot in was Goofy Movie. Because <laughs> I love Goofy Movie. It's such a good movie. What about, what about Harry and the Hendersons? Uh, yeah, true, true. That's a good one. I didn't. I haven't seen the whole things for a long time. So. Is there a second one? I don't think so. Um, but Bigfoot is a beloved creature, along with aliens. In fact, sometimes they're kind of depicted together, like they do, like collab, cross collabs, cryptic crypto cross collaboration with like uh, aliens and Bigfoot, Big Feet, but. Um, yeah, it's it, it was an interesting journey down the rabbit hole because Bigfoot is is oh it was a TV show it was a movie and then a TV show that's why yeah first two that's what it was so yeah Harry check Hamilton's. out our buddy Bigfoot he's out somewhere in the yeah I just think he's know. misunderstood man yeah for sure and I know that like, Rogan he loves a good Bigfoot story and he's like been out there when he did like an FX show for a second or FX no sci-fi sci-fi show and he went. And, out with these experts in different fields and he went out to the forest with these Bigfoot people and it was just like bullshit. He was just like, what are you guys doing out here? Like, <laughs> but then like the argument is like, the, the argument is like with the, like the ocean, we've never, like, we ha like as humans, we haven't explored as, as much ocean as we think. And some of those deep forests of up in there in the Northwest, like they're thick, yeah. like there could be stuff in there that that hides and it can hear us coming and then just, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe <laughs> could be, could be. I, I give him a chance. I just hope he's having a good life out there with his, keep uh, your eyes to the skies and to the <laughs> ground. Apparently <laughs> what <you> both <laughs> one eye up, one eye down. All right. Well, yeah, speaking of a little segue down deep and down in the ocean. My next one is the Kraken. Um, I, I love pirate stuff. And this oh, is that's, that gets the cracking music from the pirates in my head. Pirates of the Caribbean too. Should I throw that in here? All right. It's yes. Cool. All right. Um, music. Yeah. So I was watching the pirate movies recently. I finally found the, the last one. I downloaded it and it's not good. It's not, it's not good. 
don't the don't pirate wait. movies the la- the last one the fourth fifth one or whatever the last one is the dead man tell no tales with no it's still it's, Har- okay Harvey so it's not, it's not good but it's entertaining like uh, i don't know i didn't even feel like it was entertaining all the other I ones are all the other ones are like entertaining like the first Pirates one's the best dope. first one's the best but anyways the kraken um the kraken shows up in the second one with uh davy jones bill nye yeah because he can summon it and uh so if you've seen that movie you know what i'm talking about so this is giant octopus type thing that can devour uh ships and has you know a crazy mouth um it has like a it's like a beak actually when these squids they actually have like a beak inside their mouth it's crazy um so um i have did i find a i thought i found a youtube thing Oh yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. So I have a, um, it's kind of long. It's like six minutes long, but it's a real, it's a PBS thing. So I'm pretty sure we can get away with it too. Cause I, as taxpayers, we paid for it. Um, but it's a, it's a really covers the whole spectrum of Kraken and, and the, the myth and where it's coming from. And, you know, it's, it's just like, we were saying before people didn't know that some of these animals in the wildlife even existed. So when they did see them for the first time, they thought they were monsters, but then it just turned out to be just a really big octopus or a giant squid that, you know, even giant squids. Now we are having a hard time finding them because they, they are so low in the ocean. Um, but they come up every once in a while, but we've, even now we have not a lot of footage of giant squids. Um, so yeah, let me just play this this video real quick and it's it's just really good audio and they explain the whole thing so right here release the kraken yes release the kraken recognizable by its massive size and tentacled limbs the kraken is one of the most legendary and feared sea monsters of the deep stories of the kraken say it could take down whole ships grab sailors off decks and create whirlpools all to get humans into the water and into the monster's waiting beak because despite having more than half the world's species to choose from for dinner, apparently there's nothing in the ocean more delicious than humans. I'm Dr. Emily Zarka, and this is Monstrum. We know less about the oceans on our own planet than we do about our solar system. And before we started going to space, sailing far away from land was just about the scariest, most uncertain trip a person could take. So much about the ocean is inherently terrifying. It's dark, vast, deep, and unpredictable. It sparks our imaginations of what could lie beyond the horizon or what lurks beneath the waves. And that's where the Kraken comes in. Release the Kraken! The first written mention of the colossal sea beast was by King Severa of Norway in 1180. He tells sailors to look out for a large squid-like monster that swims the coasts of Norway, Greenland, and Iceland. Since then, the Kraken has continuously appeared in literature, most famously in the works of Jules Verne, Victor Hugo, and Alfred Tennyson. It's not surprising that we first find this creature in Northern Europe, given the reliance the Nordic people had on the ocean for trade, travel, and survival. Unlike other sea monsters that require a bit more imagination, the idea of a giant tentacled creature prowling below the surface of the water waiting to take down unsuspecting ships and sailors makes sense. Because there are living organisms that fit the description, minus the sailor eating part. The giant squid and the colossal squid are two living cephalopods that can be found in every ocean on Earth. Giant squid really are giant, measuring up to 43 feet in length. But the colossal squid holds the title of the world's largest living invertebrate, 
growing up to 49 feet long at current record. The largest one found so far weighed over a thousand pounds. Oh, and in addition to suckers, it has barbed hooks on its tentacles, and they are very fast swimmers. Both species frequent the deep, cold waters of the ocean, making it hard to see them in their natural habitat. Before the 21st century, no photographic evidence of a living giant squid existed. It wasn't until 2006 that we first caught these creatures alive on video. The kraken is bigger than giant and larger than colossal. It's a sea beast with multiple tentacles that often acts aggressively towards humans. A kraken is basically an angrier, much larger version of a squid. Personally, I'm terrified of the Kraken. Something about those giant eyes, wiggling tentacles, and suckers just completely freaks me out. And I'm not the only one. Victor Hugo apparently hated anything with tentacles. In his 1866 novel, The Toilers of the Sea, a character has a frightening encounter with an octopus who wraps itself around his body and almost kills him. Hugo dedicates an entire chapter outside of the plot to rant about how terrifying and monstrous these, quote, devil fish are. Writing about, quote, what ancient legends call the Krakens, he describes them as glutinous masses endowed with a malignant will. Hugo describes how such a creature could wrap itself around a swimmer and drown them, and even goes as far as to say that they are capable of sucking blood with their tentacles. He summarizes his fear of suckers, stating, quote, claws are harmless compared with the horrible action of these natural cupping glasses. The talons of the wild beast enter into your flesh, but with the cephalopod, it is you who enter into the creature. Yikes. There are real accounts of octopuses attacking and even drowning swimmers, many of which occur in the 19th century, the same time Hugo, Tennyson, and Verne wrote their Kraken stories. In Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Captain Nemo and his crew are attacked by not just one, but 10 or 12 horrible monsters, described as giant octopuses. It's a bloody, inky, chaotic fight scene with tentacles flailing everywhere and the crew defending itself with hatchets and harpoons. Tennyson's 1862 poem, The Kraken, depicts the monster as an apocalyptic force that will rise from, quote, his ancient, dreamless, uninvaded sleep one day to be seen by men and angels. The Kraken appears in nonfiction literature as well, with reports of giant squid corpses beginning in the 14th century. We have accounts of massive tentacles washing ashore and of giant squid corpses floating at sea. Sperm whales are the natural predator of giant squid, so pieces of the creature have been found in their stomachs, and they even sometimes get scars of huge sucker marks from a squid that put up a fight. Okay, but how does that explain the legends of Kraken attacking humans? Well, octopuses have attacked swimmers and divers. We have the footage. But there's another element at work, sharks. We need to take these predators into account when talking about the Kraken. Though shark attacks are rare, they do happen. Often, all witnesses would see is a flailing body, blood, and maybe even the victim dragged under the surface of the water, but no evidence of what was causing the attack. This established the idea that large creatures in the ocean posed a threat to humans. Combine that with sightings of the alien body of a giant squid or a large tentacle, and the Kraken legend begins to take form. To quote Hugo, these animals are indeed phantoms as much as monsters. They are proved and yet improbable. The Kraken is unnerving because it resembles a real animal. Sure, we don't have conclusive evidence of one over 50 feet long, but we've only measured about 500 giant squid throughout recorded history. We can hardly call that a representative sample of an entire species. All we really have are glimpses of a creature we don't completely understand. The relatively few species we do know about in the deep ocean are frightening because they seem otherworldly. We don't need to look to space for aliens. They exist right here in the uncharted territories of Earth. 
Even more bizarre creatures may exist in the dark depths of our oceans, inspiring authors to craft even stranger, more terrifying sea monsters. So yeah, that's the Kraken. That's a really great explanation of it. Um, so yeah, not so much American, but more European, Northern European, you know, Netherlands type Greenland area. That's where uh, a lot of these stories you know, started from and, you know, through the ages have spread. Um, so when it comes to the Kraken, like it, um, it, it's kind of real, right? Like it, yeah. in a way, like in terms of what, yeah, but there's, there does, but there's not ones that are, are, you know, the size of buildings that can devour a whole ship, but I yeah, mean, for they sure. Can, they can maybe devour a little dinghy maybe and maybe one person but not a whole fleet of sailors and and leave no man behind kind of thing but and then jack sparrow escapes right and just in the nick of time no i actually think he didn't he get swallowed he got swallowed by it and then he did or something i don't know they started getting too fantasy for me too yeah weird i wanted to be more like just him on the seas solving mysteries and crimes that's all for sure dude he got paid so much money for those movies too like i think one of the, yeah. like the last one he got paid like 50 million dollars just for one movie oh my god that's, 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 so a, much that's money. a budget that's like budgets two budgets for two it's just his acting alone <laughs> so crazy yeah so kraken awesome they're, they're out there so watch out <laughs> they are and they, they yeah it's I like the name. It is very, like right. you said, Norwegian. And it's it's a good rum, too. They have a, here's a little spot for them, unofficial sponsor. They have a, a, a rum that's a really cool bottle, too. It's not like a very normal, um, like, rum or any kind of booze bottle. It's, it's, it's stout. It's small. Like, it's short, but it's fat. And it's got little cool little handles and really cool um, drawings of a Kraken taking over. And it's pretty good booze, too. Have you had it? No, I have not. Oh. Well, maybe right, we'll check it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a taste test of <laughs> booze sometime too. Um, That'd be fun. So now your last one. I have no idea what this is. So tell me what this Winnebago. <laughs> All right, Wendigo. <laughs> um, so Winnebago and, and Indigo. <laughs> yeah. So like Win Winnebago is like I think it's named kind of supposed to be played off like a like Native American sort of right like or Native something. Right, Winnebago. That just sounds like uh, yeah. something that would be Native American. Um, yeah. So, like, the Wendigo um, is a lot more sinister than Bigfoot, and I love this story. Ever since I first heard the story of Wendigo, I've been like fascinated by it. Um, it's actually an evil spirit from like the First Na Nations. Uh, it's Algonquin tribes based in like the northern forests of nova scotia um which would be like the east coast of canada and then the great lakes region of canada and some into the united states so again like the northwest like the forests, the woods um whoa this thing looks fucking so, crazy yeah so whoa. the description of the one is really starts uh, monster uh, uh, with some of the character of a human um, hold, on, hold on, you're breaking up. Okay, can you hear me? Mm, it's going in and out. Are you on your on the right channel? Are you the right Wi-Fi? Yeah. All right. 
here, I'll do, I'll do this. I'll come in from saying that's fucking crazy. And then just go from there. Cause right when you started talking, it was going in and out. Okay. Got it. It's still doing it. Huh? Should I let's pause for a minute and I'll try to connect to another one, I guess. Well, keep talking real quick. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just keep going. We're almost done with this anyways. All right. I don't want to download tube files either. <laughs> don't be lazy. All right. Yeah. Well, dude, that was fucking crazy. Yeah. And so the description of the Wendigo is really startling. It's a monster with some of the characteristics of a human. Um, it's also been described as a spirit that possessed a human being and then made them become monstrous. Whoa. Um, its influence causes people to become murderous, cannibalistic, and uh, greedy. Um, so it kind of represents all the evil that's in human beings. Mm. Um, I, when I dove even deeper, I found something that was even creepier. Um, <clears throat> so there's something called Wendigo psychosis. Um, which is a controversial modern medical term that describes the symptoms of an intense craving for human flesh. Um, and therefore a fear of becoming cannibalistic. So like you want it. So you want human flesh so bad that you fear you're actually going to, you know, become a cannibal. Um, so that's when to go psychosis. <laughs> um, so here's a description of the Wendigo that I thought was like really poetic and like really creepy. Um, so I'm just going to read it straight. It was written by Basil H. Johnston. It's an Ojibwe teacher and scholar from Ontario. So check this out. The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Uh, its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones. With its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets, the Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from separation of the flesh. Uh, the Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition, of death and corruption. Um, so, Jeez, that's a, that's really creepy. Yeah, yeah. Like it's as poetic as it is. It it, it kind of describes what it looks like. Um, yeah, from a California dude, it looks like a uh, a deer that can stand up on its hind legs. Yeah, that then like like walks around and looks like um, a human, but then yeah. it has a skull as a face, but it has like the antlers and has like fur and. Yeah, it's really creepy. I like the uh, the bones pushing out of the skin thing you were just talking about. Yeah. That, that, that's what it looks like too. It's thought to in it's thought to be extremely tall, but because whenever it eats, it grows in proportion to what it has eaten. So if it's eaten a lot, then it grows bigger, almost like with its like glutton, you know. Wow. Um, there's a lot of accounts of Wendigo psychosis. Um. And there's a true one from a trapper from Alberta named Swift Runner. And I, this is a short little piece, but in the winter of 1878, Swift's entire family was famished and starving. His oldest son died during this time, and Swift and his family were 25 miles away from any supply post. Swift ended up killing and butchering his wife and their five other children and consuming all of them. 
Since he resorted to cannibalism when he was so near to food supplies, his case was considered to be Wendigo psychosis. So when they found him, they were like, this is Wendigo psychosis because he was so close to the food source that he could have had that he became cannibalistic, you know, like with them. So they called it Wendigo psychosis. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah, but... I don't get that. Yeah, I know. A lot of people believe it's fabricated, like... But overall, the Wendigo is um, believed to symbolize darker aspects of human nature, kind of like greed, gluttony, and disregard for others' well-being. Yeah. Cannibalism. Um, But the movies with the Wendigo, I couldn't find a lot, but, like, Wendigo itself, the movie, I... I've heard about it. It's probably a crappy B movie, but it's called Wendigo. Um, and then there's Pet Cemetery. Apparently, has something to do with the Wendigo. I saw it uh, looking just looking up image searching. It's in a few video games too. I can't tell you which ones, but they looked. That's a lot. Yeah, a Until lot Dawn. Oh, okay. There you go. A game called Until Dawn on PS4. Um, kind of a survival horror game, and the Wendigo's in that too. Um. Um, GL3 Bungie Tweaks Wendigo GL3 Mountaintop Quests and Reckoning Drops What? Destiny Tracker? I guess it might be in Destiny 2 um, I think it's like Destiny 2 That's a God. big game right? Yeah it is I don't know <laughs> But nonetheless Wendigo is a creepy animal creature yeah. human hybrid thing Okay so um, who, who would win in our fights? That's tough. Well, let's see. The Kraken's really big and like it, think, it's, it's with the size, it's the biggest one out of all of these. I think the, either the Kraken or the Wendigo, because the Wendigo is kind of like a supernatural creature. I don't know what kind I'm of, gonna, like, I'm going to put my Mothman versus your Wendigo and we're going to do it UFC style and whoever, <laughs> whoever loses gets fed to the Kraken. <laughs> and, then, and then and then bigfoot bigfoot gets the scraps yeah because bigfoot is he's not fine. as like he's in the forest he's, he's, he's a nice guy it'll still be a treat for him <laughs> he, can, he he likes he likes mothman wings you know he's a he's a dark dark meat guy uh, <laughs> all right so that was some fun uh uh cryptids that's a fun word to say uh and i yeah. want to do more of these well because there's a, there's a bunch yeah there's a lot and i like that we kind of bring in the movie side of it as much as we can even though there's i mean mothman prophecy is not a good movie and you know this the what was the one you were mentioning wendigo's Wendigo, probably yeah, not just, great that, and that's pet cemetery got bad reviews so yeah, that's that movie is kind of beloved that one's kind of a cult classic for some people so yeah cool all right um anything else that's it um oh no, so this yeah. is episode 30 which is awesome i thought it was like 39 30 Oh, we've had 39 total podcasts. Cuz on the yeah. on the, on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, with time. with including the minisodes, yeah. Oh, okay, but gotcha. this is like number 30. Whole episode number 30. Oh, whoa. all right. Nice Pretty round awesome. number. I like that. I do like it. Um no, so just make sure be 300. <laughs> yeah. For uh just make sure that you, you know, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, make sure you guys subscribe on, um, you know, Spotify and Apple. And, um, we got some other cool stuff coming up. We'll, uh, be announcing in the next few days. So 
Yeah, when you when you get in those things that we can't talk about. I mean, we could talk um, about just I stickers and pins. Tuesday, <laughs> stickers, pins, stuff like that. You're hearing we'll it have, first here. Stickers and pins are coming. <laughs> I believe Tuesday. We have um, a sweet new logo. If you haven't seen our new logo, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, check that out. Um, but other than that, you can follow us on those. There's also the Soso Scrutiny playlist. Make sure you check that out. I need to update um, the iTunes one. Can you? I know. I, I need to update the Spotify one. So I'm updating it. Can you send me a screenshot of what you've done? Cause I can't look at it unless you can. So here from I, uh, uh, iTunes. Well, you don't need to know if you listen through iTunes cause I'll have an iTunes playlist for you, but because I'm iTunes, I can't see the list listed. It's, it's just like a shuffle thing. So yeah. I got I, you need to send me a screenshot. We need to talk about this off the air, but whatever <laughs> behind the for curtain sure. a little bit. Um, behind the curtain but yeah i like listening to it too just because it's a lot of songs that i put on there and songs you've put on there but then every once in a while there's like a kesha song or uh like lady gaga might even be on there and yeah no billy eilish is on there which i'm not too happy that i have to put that on my phone <laughs> i'm doing it for you listeners <laughs> and for my wife my wife's a huge billy eilish fan so there you go and uh tell tell your friends tell your family about the podcast that always helps share share all the stuff and thank you if you've been listening because it definitely helps. Yeah, it's been a journey. A little, uh, couple plugs for me, Ram Art Media. Uh, search that on uh, SoundCloud and you can listen to my fun, stupid computer songs. Uh, an uh, album called Enig- Enigma. Um, and it's got some fun titles from movies and stuff. And I'm actually putting, I put out like six songs now I'm just like new songs. I'm just adding to it. So there's like eight songs now and I've kind of updated a couple of them since then. So I want to go jam out to some songs I've written. Go do that. And then um, that's about it. Oh, Bones Coffee. Another quick plug yeah. for them. Enjoy Bones Coffee. They're great. I'm going to buy some more today. Small businesses. Text know? that code later. Um, cool. All right. Well, uh, this has been So So Security. I'm Robert. I'm Corey. All right. See ya. See ya. Some major